Thank you, Gretchen. And I don't know if you can see, people were uh, clapping there for you. Um, I don't know if you can actually see other people's uh, videos or not, but I love you. I'm so thankful for the time we got to spend together and for the impact that you have uh, you've made on the, on this parish family and on me in particular. Um, so thank you. Thank you for that. You're going to stick around uh, as well to answer questions when we get to the end. So I think it is my turn and I'll see if I can do this uh, as, as quickly and as clearly as I can. But um, I, I am, I guess, first of all, I just want to say good morning. Thank you to everyone uh, for coming to be a part of this annual meeting. I think we've got some around 80 people that are, are 80 individual households that are, contrib that are uh, participating via Zoom. Sally tells me we have another 11 or so that are on YouTube. So I, I'm safe. I, I'm, I'm confident in saying we, we actually have a quorum and uh, that we have, we have really good participation. So thanks for, for coming. Also, thanks to everybody who makes this event happen every year, especially those um, who have worked so hard to make it happen this particular year under some really difficult and fairly complicated circumstances. And and I'm also thankful to you, each of you, for lending me your ears for the next few minutes so that I can close the book on 2020 and turn our eyes toward uh, 2021. I hope and trust that you have all had the opportunity to peruse this. Uh, this is the uh, 2021 annual report, and I'm going to try and not just repeat information unnecessarily that's contained therein. But at the beginning, as I always do, I want to pull out just a few metrics, tease a few metrics out to reflect on our life together in 2020. So in the calendar year just passed, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass was offered more times in 2020 than in any other calendar year at St. Bartholomew's, any other year. Uh, in 2019, two years ago, the, the Eucharist was celebrated in this place 210 times. And if you remember, that was with two, often three services every Sunday. And then in 2020, that number increased from 210 to 285 in a pandemic. Now, here's why that is important to me. First and foremost, because... In the Holy Eucharist, God is worshipped. Even if it's just the priest plus one faithful communicant, they join their voices with the angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, and they proclaim the glory of Jesus' name. And they join their offerings to the sacrifice of Christ that was offered once for all upon the cross. And that's a worthwhile thing in and of itself. But one other thing. The Eucharist isn't just our principal act of worship. It is an act of prayer. And at the Mass, prayers are said for all manner of people and for the whole world. So in 2020, we prayed especially for refugees. We prayed for peace in a divided world, for divine deliverance from plague and pestilence and famine. We prayed litanies of repentance for our complicity in racism and racist structures. We prayed for the sick. We prayed for those who are alone, those who do not yet know the love of Christ. 
We commemorated the great and famous saints of the church, and we prayed for those whose faith is known to God alone. We thanked God for new births, and we prayed for the dead. That is what happens at Mass, at the Eucharist. That's why I... I that's why I um, like I, inst I I try to to in instill as much reverence for it as I possibly can. That's why sometimes it feels like I encumber like special emotions and and like trying to give all the gravity that I possibly can to that moment that we do because the mass, the Eucharist, is the still point of the turning world, and it's solidified I think in 2020 as the center of our lives here at St. Bartholomew's. So that's one thing. A couple more numbers. Uh, the Blessed Sacrament went out in 2020 to homes and hospital rooms some 101 times. And that number's down a little bit from uh, 2019 because of how lockdown and months of pandemic prevention protocols significantly affected Butch Birch, our team of lay Eucharistic visitors, as well as your clergy for a time. Uh, but there were, as Gretchen said, there were myriad ways that our community cared for each other this year. The, the vestry made those hundreds of those calls, as she said, in the first weeks of the pandemic, just so that each parishioner could hear a, an actual familiar voice over a telephone. And then we put together a team that made hundreds of palm crosses. You remember those for Holy Week that we, we sent around so that everybody would get something in the mail from your church. Every one of those crosses made was an act of prayer, and each individual contact strengthened the bonds of our community. Back to 2019, one more time. In 2019, uh, we prayed the daily office together 276 times. Taking our prayer life online in 2020 increased that number dramatically to 528 so for that, I am thankful to the staff and to the volunteers who showed up to lead, both in person and then online, and to each person who came to pray. Nothing has been more vital to our parish um, life um, in the past 12 months as this commitment that we've made to pray together and separately, and I commend you for that. That's what Anglicans do. We pray and you did that really well in 2020. We, after a time, we continued to celebrate baptisms. Our bishop came to perform confirmations, and there were there was even a wedding. Um, so the sacramental life of our parish has continued as well. And then, as Gretchen said, that in ways that are too vast, really to mention, in ways we couldn't even begin to imagine when we met the last time, last January. We suffered loss. I don't need to recount all of the tragic events that happened because you know them as well as I do. Um, but we should acknowledge the loss of time, the loss of experiences for different people in our community, loss of income, loss of fellowship, communion, and in particular, the loss of lives. These are the names of parishioners that died in 2020. Joseph Stephen Steve Renner, Kathleen Morgan, Lion Gardner Tyler Jr., and Vernon Alexander. So would you take a moment and pray with me for them?
Almighty God, with whom still live the spirits of those who die in the Lord, and with whom the souls of the faithful are in joy and felicity, we give you thanks for the good examples of your servants, who, having finished their course in faith, now find rest and refreshment. May we, who, uh, with all who have died, in the true faith of your holy name, have perfect fulfillment and bliss in your eternal and everlasting glory, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for that. So, um, to the report itself. So, as, as always, I, I want to begin by recognizing all the people who selflessly uh, give their time and talent to make possible our common life at St. B's. And although I'm never able to thank everybody um, who deserves to be recognized, I do want to mention just a few individuals and groups, uh, even as representatives for the whole. So, first of all, let me, I, I do thank each of, one of you everybody who has faithfully shown up either in person or online uh, to form the body of Christ at St. Bartholomew's. Uh, you guys amaze me. You really do. Uh, the staff and, and I this year had to resort to some fairly creative, uh, sometimes bizarre ways to do things. So we had mass in the grass. We had services in the gym. And it turns out that in the gym, uh, if it rains, uh, you cannot hear yourself think in the gym, so we learned that. Uh, we had Eucharist in driveways across the city. We had drive-through communion on Christmas Eve, a virtual Christmas egg, uh, Christmas egg, Easter egg hunt, online stations of the cross, a whole host of other things that we did uh, on the internet, like Holy Week, Holy Hours, prayer, worship, children's formation, adult classes, even this annual meeting. And no matter how creative we were forced to get you all showed up and you've been amazing all year long uh, it's just a, an honor um, to be one of your clergy so I'm thankful for you I'm also thankful for like never before for your excellent staff both clergy and lay part-time and full-time those people worked harder in 2020 than I have ever seen them work and uh, along with Gretchen and Brian as your wardens and with your vestry, what they accomplished in 2020 was astonishing. It was astonishing. So the annual report is uh, a record of what they did, um, even of, of that work, and, and even it can't adequately uh, describe what those talented people were able to accomplish. So I'm grateful to them. I'm grateful to the work of all sorts of teams, the facilities team, the mission and outreach team, human resources team that we commissioned in 2020, uh, to the stewardship team, finance committee, and uh, our indefatigable uh, treasurer, uh, David West, to Peter Mangok and John Ajith, our South Sudanese lay pastors, Altar and Flower Guilds, our new AV director, Matthew Shepard, and his band of assistants who take our worship online every week, David Madeira, his talented musicians who lead us in our worship, uh, to Sally Chambers Ray, Teresa Robbins, for all the hats that they have to wear to make this place run. And they do it with dedication and vision. Um, to our new, I see her on here, our new uh, assistant to the rector for justice and mercy, Nancy Kaysen, my other assistants uh, who work alongside me, Bev Mahan, who works 
Um, Dr. Mahan makes the mass run and uh, Butch Birch, who pastors alongside me. And I know I've left people out, but to everybody who is a part of uh, making the parish run, I offer you our profoundest thanks. Uh, and this is where we would all clap for you if, if we could. So just imagine us uh, clapping. But thank you. So uh, let me look at the way that some things changed for us as a parish in 2020. As at this meeting last year, you'll remember, or you might remember, that I recounted how we'd shifted in the past couple of years. We shifted, we changed the structure of our physical plant, uh, building offices, moving things around. Uh, we changed, then we changed the structure of our Sunday mornings together, moving our services around. Um, and I predicted that in 2020, we would do some work shifting our organizational structure around. Both of our org chart would change and our personnel uh, would change to realign to our new life together, our new priorities for mission. And so remind me not to ever make uh, predictions because little did I know that what 2020 would, how much upheaval it would bring. Um, in 2020, we bade farewell to a faithful priest of this parish and to his dear family, Father Travis Hines. Uh, he accepted a call to be rector of another church. I miss his companionship uh, a great deal. I miss his, his wisdom, his pastoral presence, his counsel, although I do speak with him uh, still regularly, and I can tell you that his prayers are with us even as our prayers are with him. And But I'm delighted with the clergy team that's in place now with uh Fathers Dave and Stu, who still provide counsel and support uh, for me, even though we don't see them as often as, as we would like in COVID. For Father Charlie, who's this consistent pastoral leader and, and presence that we're watching grow into his priesthood uh, in front of our eyes. And um, for the last few weeks of 2020, we uh, I had a team of people together that helped me discern God's leading to uh, extend a call to Reverend Serena Sides to be uh, our my new associate rector, and that's a call I'm grateful that she's accepted, and she's already begun exercising great skill and energy in this new call. And in 2020, we also said farewell, but in, in a different way, because she's still going to be with us, said farewell to Carla Schober, who had faithfully guided our children's and family ministry for two decades, and uh, I hope very soon to be able to announce our new director of children's and family formation, although there will never be another Carla. Um, we miss her energy. We miss her, uh, her, her prayerfulness. I even miss uh, begrudgingly her humor that, that caused her to leave little plastic bugs around the rector's office uh, and probably have noticeably shortened the life that I uh, may expect to, to live. But Carla, we miss you. Um, there were departures this year, and there also were arrivals. I'm delighted that at the work that Alicia Maroney has begun with our youth since coming. She's only been here since August um, as our new director of youth formation. And as someone trying to maintain a ministry during a pandemic that knows how hard that is, I can only imagine how difficult it is to build a ministry during a pandemic. And Alicia was exactly the right person to call to do that work uh, with us. So with her team of volunteers and with uh, Philip Gaines, Phil the Fellow, 
assisting her. She is already an invaluable minister to our congregation. So those are, as I said, just a fraction of the changes we experienced in 2020. Uh, the annual report has a more comprehensive description of this year that saw uh, 11 staffing transitions, two full-time job changes, with Teresa Robinson moving to parish administrator, Sally Chambers Ray taking on the increasingly pivotal role of director of community life. Uh, and we will continue to see some shifts and growth in 2021. So I'm gonna share my screen uh, for this next little bit and I hopefully will be done in about four, four minutes or so. But uh, I'm sharing so that uh, I can use the closing moments of my address as um, hopefully you are able to see that. Um, to use these last moments um, and to take the, the bark of St. Bartholomew's as a way to look back, but also as a hinge for us to pivot forward. Uh, one good thing that the pandemic did bring uh, for me personally was some space to be able to pray and read and think about who we are as a parish, who God's called us to be, how he wants to form us, and more importantly, where and to whom he's leading us to minister in the world. And the result of that time was this bark, the bark of St. Bartholomew. Is this bark is this Celtic word for, um, for boat. And it's this image that God kept drawing my mind to was the ship with three masts, each one supporting a sail. And each of those sails uh, represents a core responsibility of the church, who we are. We're going to double down on doing our work really well. And um, those three core works are evangelism, which is sharing the good news of the reign of God with those who are not yet experiencing it. I unpacked each of these in a sermon series back in the summer, uh, and then we'll revisit them from time to time. So number one is evangelism. Number two is serving the poor, because God does not judge our faithfulness as a parish, or my faithfulness as a priest in leading you on the soundness of our doctrine, or on how often we go to church, as much as we will be judged on how well we love the least and the lost and the lonely and the left behind. And then the third sale is worship. That's our, our primary act as Christians. The one thing we do that nobody else in the world does is worship the true and living God and praise him in word and sacrament. We give voice to the whole created order. Now, the, notice that each of the masts is supported, uh, each of the sails is supported by a mast and every mast is Christian formation, because God does have to form us and prepare us to do the work that he's giving us to do. And in 2020, I think that it was more apparent than ever just how many forces act upon us to form us, or more accurately, to malform us. Uh, this past Friday's Rector's Digest, I quoted uh, an author that's that I like a lot named Jamie Smith. And uh, he wrote a, another piece uh, recently for Image Journal. And that's where he serves as editor in chief. Um, and he said this, who is my neighbor? That's the lawyer's question to Jesus in the gospels. Who is my neighbor is not a question of jurisdiction. It is a question 
of imagination. To see the person before me as enemy or animal is a failure of imagination. To see a neighbor instead is a feat of imagination. Our society is grappling with a soul sickness that is ultimately an infection of our imagination. However, and this is crucial, the imagination is acquired. It is learned. It is formed. And so last year, the, the forces acting outside on our imagination, forming our souls, I think were more open and obvious than ever before. The, and, and this is not an exhaustive list, but an idolatrous form of consumerism, uh, the priests, the high priests of politics, conspiracy theorists, um, militarism, nationalists, Christian and otherwise, forces of institutionalized racism and white supremacy, of tribalism and classism and a hyper-individualism, the American gods of money in the marketplace, of sex in the sports arena, of power and polls. All of these and countless more act on us through the media we consume, whether it's social media or traditional media, through the books we read, the songs we sing, the shows we watch, even sometimes through the sermons that we hear. It is not a question of whether we are being formed. It's only a question of how and by whom. That's why the masts on our bark are so important. They, why deliberate, robust, Holistic Christian formation is imperative. And then finally, you'll notice the bottom of the ship, the, the part that keeps us afloat, that holds us together and sustains our lives in the tempest of the world is the whole, and that is our community. A priest I know uh, told his parish early on in the pandemic that from now on, religious communities are going to be more like smaller abbeys with a robust common life sending forth missionaries, then they are like large Walmarts of religion to which people are attracted to come in. The church will be more and do less, and what she does will be closely related to the opus Dei, the work of God. That is what our life is about, both becoming the work of God. His, his, the word in the Bible is poema, his workmanship, his poems. And then going out to do the work of God alongside him in the world. That is why I love this rich, evocative image of the ship. Um, and even before I learned what sea shanties were and that they're these songs that crews on ships sing in order to make them one unit uh, as they go out and do the work of sailing their vessel. So I'm going to stop sharing and I'll finish. Um, with this. One last point. Um, as I said in the homily this morning, I do give thanks to the Lord in this great congregation. Uh, both for his faithfulness and for the image of this bark that we can organize our lives around in this year and the year to come. And this is why I give thanks. If you haven't heard anything else that I've said, I want you to hear this. The reason I give thanks 
is because from this desk, from where I stand as your rector, there has never been a better time to be a Christian than 2021. There has never been, let me say that again, there's never been a better time to be a Christian than right now. And the reason is that there's never been a more important time because there's never been more need around us that is absolutely apparent in the world. So many people who are hurting and hungry and without hope who desperately need to be loved. So many lies being whispered to our hearts that I've never seen more people who need to know the truth that is even now setting us free. And there's never been a more promising time to be a Christian. I mean, if you were waiting, <laughs> if you were waiting for the world to ask you the reason for the hope that you have, then just look outside. The world is, is willing to listen. There's a deep, deep hunger in the world. And we, if we know nothing else, we know where there is bread. And there is a thirst for justice and uh, for righteousness, a thirst um, there's a deep sadness in the world, and we know where there is the wine that maketh glad our hearts. I, if there is one word for me to use as your rector to describe where I am right now today, it is optimistic. It's hopeful and optimistic. I'm looking forward to the next year in our parish life. And on this particular annual meeting Sunday, I believe that our parish is strong, and that the work of our lives lies ahead of us. It lies ahead of us. Every day I wake up, it remains a distinct privilege for me to be your rector uh, and to be on this voyage with you. So um, thank you for your attention. That went way longer than I intended it to go, um, but I'm grateful that, for, that you've uh, listened, and may God bless our parish in the years to come.